You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so two weeks ago, Brent spoke, and he mentioned a guy in his sermon. Last week, I mentioned the guy again, the rich young ruler. Remember, I asked last week, what his name was. Can anybody remember his name? And no, because his name isn't given. You know, his name isn't given. He comes to Jesus, this, this, this whole story is, he comes to Jesus and, and he, says, he says, Master, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus takes it easy on him at first. He says, keep the commandments. Now, Jesus being God, the Son of God, he knew that this. He knew that how good this guy was. He knew how, how how religiously he had kept the commandments. So this guy responded, "I've kept all of them since I was a youth." Okay. Now Jesus already knew that. Then why did he tell him that? Because he, he wanted to draw this out a little bit. Okay. You've kept the commandments, and then you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, "There's still one thing you haven't done." So, title of the sermon today is one more thing. He had kept all the commandments since he was a youth. He was, he was following, come on, think about it. He was following the letter of the law. Those first four commandments about how, how you relate to God and about how you uh, honor him and th- then those other six about, uh, about uh, how you relate to others and how you, how you act toward other people. And he had followed the letter of the law. But I, I, here's what I kind of hear Jesus saying. He said, you've been, you've been doing some things, but... You still haven't got it. You've been doing all the right stuff. You've been ticking off the boxes, right? Went to church, check. You know, paid my tithes, check. Did this, check. Did this. I, I prayed today, check, check. You've checked off all the tick marks, all the boxes and everything, but you still haven't got it. What was, what was the one more thing that this guy hadn't done? You, you know, don't you? Some of you, I know some of you know. Jesus said, sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. Whoa! Okay, I told you Jesus started real easy on him, but the guy kind of got full of himself. Man, I've kept all those commandments all my life. And so Jesus nailed him then, didn't he? I mean, he just, he just kind of set him up for it. And he just nailed him because of what he's saying. Now, now listen, it isn't, it isn't that he couldn't own possessions. It was obvious from his reaction that his possessions owned him. That's, that was the problem. The problem wasn't that he had a lot of stuff. The problem was his stuff had him. The, the problem was that he had followed the letter of the law, but he had never really done what the law was all about. He had never, he had never ministered and blessed and, and, and taken care of those kinds of things. He had never done those things. And so, so when Jesus said, sell all your possessions, he was nailed in the law because, you know, just, just like Jesus told him, well, keep all the commandments. Jesus knew he was already keeping the commandments. So when he said, sell all your possessions, Jesus knew he wasn't going to sell all his possessions. Jesus was asking him, was he willing to do the thing Jesus knew was beyond what he was willing to do to point out to him you're not really willing to do everything so we need to figure out what is that one more thing well today we're going to talk about giving 
Because with all the stuff, and like this last week and the devotions and all those things about getting us to the place of praying for people, the Bible also talks about, you know, it doesn't do your brother much good if he's cold and you said, be thou warmed. You know, prophesy over him, be thou warmed. Doesn't do him a whole lot of good unless the Holy Spirit's really working through you and all of a sudden, you know, he just has a warm front come around him or something, right? Doesn't do him a lot of good. Give him a coat. That's what the Bible says. If he's, if he's cold, give him your coat. Don't just say, be warmed, but give him your coat. It, it's not enough sometimes to just pray because, I mean, you know, it, it, you know somebody here, you got to have $10 gas to get home. And, you know, I, I, I ain't got 10. I think I got three. I can buy you a gallon and a half maybe, you know. But you know what? It, I, I don't really need, maybe, maybe let's back this down. I got $3 right here. Somebody needs $3 for something or whatever. It wouldn't do a lot of good for me to say, me to say hey, God, give him $3. I got $3. You know, it's, it's not enough to just, there's one more thing. There's one more thing that we've got to do. So we're going to talk about giving this morning. And you know what? There are not a lot of people that like giving sermons. There are a lot of pastors don't even like giving sermons. Because everybody thinks, well, not everybody, but a lot of people think the past, pastors only preach about giving because they want, their, they want my money, you know. And so people, people uh, they don't like the giving sermons, so that makes pastors not like giving sermons. But I'll tell you this, I will be derelict in my duties as your pastor if I didn't preach to you the blessings and the miracles of God that are being held up in heaven because, as Malachi chapter 3 says, you're robbing from me. Whoa. Really, God, you're telling me? Yeah, God says, I, I, it's part of this is mine, God says. And if you don't give it to me, then you're robbing from me. And how can I bless you? You're, you're hurting. You, you know, your, your, your families are struggling. Your finances are struggling. And how can I bless you, God is saying. You, gotta, you, know, you want me to open the windows of heaven? Prove me. Show, just, just show me what you've got inside of you. Prove me, and I'll throw the windows of heaven open, and I'll pour out blessings that you cannot contain. And so when you start operating in that way, then you're saying, I believe God is the God that can do that and will do that. Okay, so three, th th three areas. Let me hurry on right here. Three areas of our giving, okay? And the first one is tithing. And there's a, there's a whole lot of people that argue about tithing. Tithing, our tithing is an Old Testament thing. Yeah, it is. It's an Old Testament thing. And it's a New Testament thing. I got scripture. Yes, I got scripture. Jesus talked about it. And if you go to the, uh, the sermon notes that Brent was talking about earlier, all of the scriptures, the ones we will read and the ones we don't have time to read, they're all right there. You can click on them. You can read it. Jesus said, yes, you ought to tithe, okay? But let me back you up because those who say it's, it's part of the Old Testament law and all that, nope, tithing predates the law. 10% predates the law. But I want to take even back before we even know that it was 10% to the very first real true giver in the Bible, Abel. I mean, he is the guy, he is the first person that it was remarked in the Bible about how much of a giver he was. He was the one, you remember, if you remember the story, he was a twin, Cain and Abel, and, and they, broke, but they, they were both like farmers, and Abel brought, because he raised sheep, he raised animals, he brought animals. Well, Cain, he raised fruit and vegetables, you know, and so he brought some of that. And God liked Abel's, and so that's because Abel was obeying him probably in some other ways as well. And in that, we know that he pleased God because that, that was what it says, is, is that he was pleasing to God. God. He found favor in the eyes of God because of the way he gave. But here's, here's something that's interesting, isn't it? Is that we don't have any record of God saying, Abel, give me a sheep. 
or Cain, give me a sheep. Obviously, obviously it's there somewhere because they knew what to do, right? They knew what to do. But we don't have, we don't have a, uh, any record of how much they were to give or exactly what to give. We don't have any of that. So how was it that they, that they knew to give or, or what was it? Maybe it wasn't specifically laid out. Perhaps, maybe for someone who recognizes God as the source of strength, the source of my talent, the source of the wisdom that I can gain, the source of my opportunities that I have to have a good job, to have a career, and to make money. Maybe for someone who recognizes God as the one who helps me have those things, it's natural for them to offer a portion of their increase to God. That when I recognize God is the one who is my source, I wouldn't have this if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't have life if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't have strength if it wasn't for you. Some of you, you're sitting here and you know that God gave you the job that you've got. You know, and, and you know that God gave you the strength you got, or you know God gave you that talent. Other people say, how do you know to do that? It's just because God gave you something inside of you, and it's because of all these things. I believe Abel recognized God as the source of all of those things. That's why he had to do it. It's like when he got something, I've got to share some of this with you, God. So, see, here's, here's what tithing is. And, and listen, if you go on over to uh, Genesis chapter 14, I believe it is, by the time Abram comes along, it's obvious that 10% has become the standard of what God says. You know, a tenth of this is mine. Bring this to me, Malachi chapter 3. Bring, bring this tenth to me and, and, and do that, and I'll throw the windows of heaven open to you. Okay, but, you know, and, and I, I don't want to argue the percentage. You argue with God about the percentage, okay? I don't want to argue that or any, any of that other, but... Uh, but here, here's, you know, here's, here's what I want you to see, okay? Is that tithing is stewardship. What tithing says, tithing says, God, you own it all anyway. You're going to let me keep 90%? You own it all anyway. If God asks for 50, he can take it if he wants it because he owns it all anyway. You know, what's going to happen to it when you die? You think you're going to leave it to the person you want to leave it to? Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Y'all ever heard of lawsuits and all that kind of stuff, you know? You, you, you don't know what you're going to do. When you leave this earth, you have no control of any of that. It all belongs to somebody else. And, and, and when the last one of us in this room dies, you know, whose is it going to be anyway? The only person who can lay claim to all of the riches in this world for eternity is God. Because it all belongs to him. That's what tithing says. Tithing says, I acknowledge you as the owner, and I'm, I'm just the steward of what you put in my hands. Okay, but here's, here's the other part of tithing is also partnership. Tithing is a partnership, and God, God does it this way. It's like he, he does 90% plus, you know. He does over 90%, and he asks us just to give him back 10%. Yeah, that, that's, that's, pretty good. that's pretty good for us, isn't it? You know, and here's what partnership is. Imagine this. You and I go into partnership. We, we start a business, and, and we start making money. You know, and I, I'm kind of in charge of the money, you know, and it kind of cu keeps coming to me. And I just decide, I'm not going to give you any of the money. How many of y'all going to stay in partnership with me? What do you think God wants to do? What do you think God's going to do? Is God going to be in partnership very long with a person like that? This is a part, that's what tithing is. Said This is a partnership. That, that, that story in Genesis chapter 14 about Abram and Melchizedek. That, that's right. Go read that. 
go read it, okay? Uh, the, the link is on the sermon notes, but go read that. Because what happens is Abram comes back home from a battle, and, and there are spoils that are there, and he pays a tenth of them to Melchizedek, who is kind of like a high priest in a way there. And, and, and so he brings them back and pays, pays that 10% because he's, he was saying, God, you helped me win this battle. And I'm going to have a ba another battle another day, and I want to make sure you're still on my side. That's what, that's what tithing is. Tithing is a partnership. This is why tithers are blessed. You know, you, you don't believe me? Find someone who's a tither and just ask them. Now, not somebody who says they, they do it every once in a while. Find someone who is a tither and ask them about the blessings in their life. Ask them. Asked him, and you know what? You got, I, I, one of my favorite little stories is, is I had a, had a secretary one time at one of the churches I pastored, uh, and this was years, years ago, and she came in one Monday morning, uh, and she was on, I said, you're on vacation, what are you doing here? She said, I forgot to pay my tithes yesterday, and she said, I wanted, I wanted to bring them in, and I said, well, you know, we've already made the deposit, this, it won't go in until next Sunday, you know, or next Monday, you, you could have just brought it next Sunday. She said, I'm not getting on no airplane with God's money in my pocket. You know what she's doing? I want you on my side. I'm keeping me and you. We're staying together in this. I do not want to offend the one who is sending me the blessings. That's what tithing is. Tithing is a partnership. Okay? And that's why, that's why tithers are blessed. Here's the second area that we give. We give to needs. We give to needs. Now, the, the best story in the Bible about giving to needs, to me, is the story of the Good Samaritan. You may, you may have heard that story. Uh, the whole thing, again, the, the scripture, go to the sermon notes, click on it, read that whole story, great story. Let, 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 me, let me say it to you real quick. Part of it's right there, uh, kind of wrapping it up right there. Let me, let me share it with you real quick. Is, uh, is this Samaritan. Now, um, now, the Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't like each other, okay? Uh, I, I, the Jews were here and the Samaritans were here, and the Samaritans knew it. The Jews looked down on them, okay? They were, uh, they were considered half-breeds. You know, they looked down on them. All right, and so Jesus, this is a made-up story. Jesus makes it up to teach us something. Now, you and I, we would have to, we would spend weeks and months putting together a story as deep and as rich as this story that Jesus just spouts out to us. There's so much that is right here, okay? But one of the things he chooses to do is to make the good guy the Samaritan. And that's cool, isn't it? God, God makes the good guy the Samaritan. So much so that you and I call him the good Samaritan, all right? So now the Samaritan, he's driving, he, uh, he, driving I'm sorry, he's riding his animal down the road. And uh, I guess he could drive it if he was riding an ox cart, right? be driving it. So he's riding down the road, and he sees, he sees a guy who has been, he's, thieves have come, they've beaten him up, they've taken all of his stuff, and they've left him for dead. He goes to him, all right? He goes to him. He, he, uh, medicates his wounds, everything he's got. He's got some oil, he's got some wine, he's pouring all this in, he's doing everything he can. He bandages him up, and then he picks him up, carries him, puts him on his own beast, whatever it was, and then he leads him out into a safe place, to a safe area, to, a, to an inn, puts him in a place where he's safe. I don't know why he didn't take him home, but this works out even better. This is the story Jesus was telling. It works out even better that he doesn't take him home. Maybe home was too far away. He need, just needed to get him somewhere to get some rest, so he took him to an inn. Did, did all of those things, but there was one more thing. He did all of that, but there was one more thing. Because what he did when he got to the inn, he said, here, take care of this man. And he said, and here's some money. And if this isn't enough, when I come back, I'll pay whatever else. You know, here's the thing you need to understand. This 
Samaritan didn't wake up one morning and say, I hope I get to spend half of my day ministering to one of those Jews that hates me. He didn't wake up saying that. He, he didn't say, I hope I get to pour out a half a bottle of oil, a half a bottle of wine, and, and just, just to help a Jew today. He didn't say, you know, maybe, maybe he was going down the road to a, to a job interview and he had his new shirt, you know, tucked away. And, and he didn't say that morning, I hope I get to take out that brand new shirt that I'm going to wear into my job interview and rip it to pieces so I can make bandages for a Jew that's left on the side of the road to die. That's, that's, not, what, that's not what he got up thinking that morning. He didn't say, I hope I get to spend some money on a Jew, buying him a place in an inn for a couple of nights. That's not what he said. You see, giving to needs is not about what your passion is. Giving to needs is what we do because we're children of God, and he saw us in the middle of our need, and he helped us, and it makes us, when we see need, it makes us also say, I've got to help, and I've got to do what I've got to do. Jesus did not intend that we simply see people in need, but that we see to it that their world changes. That's what that guy did right there. He saw to it. That, guy, that guy's life was about to leave him, but he changed his world. Giving to these. Give you a couple examples right here. I am not passionate about underwear. <laughs> now, I do believe everybody ought to wear it. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but I'm not passionate about it, okay? I, I, I you know, yeah, everybody's got their faith, but I, I'm not passionate about that kind of thing. But you know what? I believe everybody should wear it. And that's why I'm giving something to the Restoration Ministries underwear drive. Not because I'm passionate. Oh, y'all have an underwear drive? No, not because I'm passionate about that, but because that, that's something nobody even thinks about homeless people. I mean, yeah, let's give them a coat. Nobody thinks about a homeless person needing clean underwear that they haven't had in months years nobody thinks about that it's a need that's why I'm doing that not because I'm passionate about it you see when we are children of God again we don't respond only in our passion we respond when we see needs we have to we have to now I do care more than underwear I do care a little bit more about food okay now I'm not as passionate about food as some of you guys are Amen? Oh, me or whatever, right? Okay, but I believe this, this week, Thanksgiving, I believe, I believe everyone ought to have a good Thanksgiving meal. And so you know what? That's why, that's why I want to be a part of helping, and our, and, and our ladies are doing this, and not just ladies, some of you men get involved also, is, is, is helping. Uh, we're providing meals for all the families at the Alabama Baptist Child's Home this week so that they would have a good Thanksgiving dinner. You know what You know what we found out a couple of years ago? We found out they didn't even do Thanksgiving dinner. So, so these ladies with their kids, these single moms who had to get out of a bad situation and just and move into the Alabama Children's Home, just have a place to stay, that they did not even choose to do Thanksgiving with their own kids because it was too much of a hassle for them to do it and try to watch the kids and do it all at the same time. And so they just didn't even do Thanksgiving that some of them went out to eat just to, and I thought nope that's something we can take care of that's why we picked them up last year and we're doing it again this year 
And if you'd like to help with that, if you'd like to cook something or if you'd like to donate, see someone back at one of the tables in the back. We got all kind of stuff going on back there today. We got, we got the underwear drive we've, for Restoration Ministries, uh, Birmingham Restoration Ministries, uh, the Royal Chicks, you know about their thing. Uh, the, the, how, many, how many again was it? How many, how many kids last year did, did you, Royal Chicks take care of? Somebody yelled it to me last week. I can't ever remember. 20-something it was last year. And they just about raised all the, they got one more fundraiser back there. 23, thank you. 23 kids here locally that they, that they bought Christmas for. So they're not, you know, I don't mean they bought them a doll. I mean they bought Christmas for them because of the fundraising, because of your giving. Not because, and you know what, I'm pretty passionate about that. So, so let me, let me I, got, I got to hurry before we go, go on. Let me, let me say this as quick as I can. Here's a radical thought. That you and I can't help people in need because we put ourselves first. Okay, because here's what we do, that whenever God does orchestrate a moment for us to run into someone who has a need, we can't afford to give because we've mortgaged our lives too much. We've got way too many things we spend our money on. Well, I got, I, I got to have, the, you know, and I just don't have any money left. Come on, think about it. Here's, here's the radical thought. What if, what if we budgeted personally for benevolence? What if I said, starting next month, I'm going to give $50 to somebody, whoever God shows me needs money next month. You know, because probably until you do that, you will never give to needs on a regular basis. Because your life is mortgaged. I'm not talking about just your, your house. I'm talking about your life is mortgaged. You got, I mean, we're, we're borrowing against our future right now. Everything we do is like we got to spend. Well, I got to have my SEC network this time of year, Pastor. Okay, let's don't get into that now. We're going to get in trouble, Pastor. You start talking about that kind of stuff. But there's some places. There's some places we can, we can cut down, some places we can back away. A great article from J.D. Greer. I changed, it just, I changed the title just a little bit right here. Does our giving say leftovers or Lord? Oh, man. Man, the pastor kicked you in the gut, and now J.D. Greer is going to beat you over the head, right? Man, think about that. It, it hit me. That's why I did start budgeting for some benevolence. I and I believe this article was what did it to me a couple of years ago when I first read it. And you know what? This week, I kept trying. I, I was going to find you a good quote out of that article that I could read to you right now to just make you want to go read the rest of it. But you know what? I couldn't pull a quote out. Because I would say, oh, I, that's too much. I'd look, oh, that's too much. And so, you know what? I'm just, it's there. You need to read this article. You need, if you're a child of God, you need to read this article. The link, the link is, on the, uh, is, on, is in the sermon notes. And if you, if you can't find it there, all, all you got to do is type in J.D. Greer. He spells it really, really weird. Uh, but does, our give, does your giving say leftovers of the Lord? But I guarantee if you write it in just like that, you'll be able to get it. And we need to check that. You need to check that and think about it. So here's the radical proposal to you, that you budget. So the next time God gives you the opportunity to give, you've also got the resources to give. Okay? So here's the third area. Our passion. We give to our passions. 
Okay, and that's different than needs, because needs are when we see something I'm not passionate about. Some of us think we only have to give to our passions. No, you see a need, you better be given to that need. You better be open to giving to that need. That is probably your best opportunity to be obedient to God than giving in your passions. Okay, but let's talk about giving in our passions. Now, my passions, I'm pretty passionate about missions. I mean, really, uh, now, now, if you've got some pipe dream of missions, uh, don't talk to me about that. But if you're really serious, you've got something going on missions, you can get my attention. I, and I, I just realized that the death of my aunt just about, I think about three weeks ago now, and preparing to speak a little bit at that funeral, I just realized what part she played early in my life uh, of introducing me to, to missions needs like that. Uh, and uh, that was probably about the time my dad was going into ministry. And, uh, and I remember very early on, we got really involved in missions and raising money for missions. And so, you know, that's a passion of mine. And so that's one of the reasons that we do mission stuff around here. Uh, and, and here's another one. Here's another one of my passions is kids. Anything with kids. I mean, you've heard me say it. Amber alerts go off. I have to stop. I have to pray. I don't know what you do. I have to pray. There's an Amber Alert. I have to pray. Even if it's, even if it's a custody dispute and Dad took the kid, I don't, it doesn't matter. Dad's driving 120 miles an hour trying to get away or whatever. You know, I've I got to stop and pray because of the kids, uh, uh, the, the, the abuse that is happening and, and all of those things. So you know what? You mix those two things together, missions and kids. <laughs> yeah, you got me, buddy. That's one of the reasons that, that three of our missions that we have supported most of the time here at 2911 have to do with, uh, well, missions have to do with kids. It's because of that. And we've got something coming up next week that is, uh, I don't know, this is the fourth or fifth year that we've done this. I need to look back because I have to keep guessing. And this is Oper uh, Operation Christmas Blessing or Kentucky Christmas Blessing. And I need to talk about this for just a moment if I can. I see some of you have already brought your toys in. They're due next week because they've got to go to Kentucky. Here's, what, here's, here's this. And, and listen, we, we say this one thing here around, around 2911. We say it more, you know, us behind the scenes, the ministers and things that preach. It's preach the announcements. That basically, you know, it, if you've been in church for a long time, you've been in church services where there were too many announcements. You know, and so we've kind of taken this track that if, if you want to say something on Sunday morning and you can't make it fit into a sermon, it probably don't need to be said anyway. You know, so... This fits in the sermon right here. Is uh, 20 something years ago, Larry and Linda Woodson, they loaded up the back truck of their car with all the toys they could get, and they just drove up into the Appalachian Mountains and tried to find a poor community and just pulled over on the side of the road and handed toys out. That has now grown into every year. They, you know, they've actually got a board that, was put that they have put together to make sure the financial integrity and also make sure this continues on. And, um, and so th what they do is they find the poorest of the poor communities. This year it's Harlan, Kentucky. They just lost the last coal mine in the area, and the pastor's there, and the principal said it's really gotten really rough. People don't have money for anything. So the, the, the churches that the Woodsons have connected with over the years now, we're one of those, and so what we do is next Sunday we'll bring all our toys in. When you come in next Sunday, bring them up here to the front. We're going to bring them up here because we're going to pray over them at the end of the service, and then they will be taken to Dalton, Georgia, where they'll be loaded up on big semis, and uh, starting Tuesday of next week, they'll start heading to Harlan, Kentucky. On Friday, they'll set up a big 
like a big free Walmart, and uh, this, this year it's in the elementary gymnasium. They'll set up, and, and then the families will start lining up on Saturday, early in the morning, before the first daylight. They'll start lining up, and they'll be able to go in, and the kids can just shop for their own Christmas on December the 7th. Uh, they'll be able to shop for their own Christmas. And, um, and Larry, his heart was really Bible, uh, uh, bicycles, that every kid would be able to get a bicycle. They never reached that. And, uh, but if, you, if, you're, if you're open to buying a, a bicycle, then, then, then do that in honor of Larry. Because about 18 months ago, <clears throat> it was also about eight, 18, 19 months ago, he found out he had cancer. And about four months later, he died. And uh, thankfully, they had set up the board, and, and Linda and her kids, who are adults and grown, have their own kids now, and the board, they're continuing this. And so we're connected to this. So I invite you to be a part of this. That's, and that one of the reasons that we do this is because, man, that's, that's two of pastor's passions. Missions work, and even though it's not overseas, missions work and kids. That's one of the reasons we do that. So you see, that, that, that's really the reason for missions trips. It's not just so you get to go to some exotic location or some place you'd never go in your life, but so you go get a heart for something that makes you come back and challenge somebody else to do something. Okay, so that's what I'm doing. I'm challenging you, so here's the next question, last question. What's your passion? Those are my passions. What are yours? I asked the staff this week, and I got, here's some of the answers I got. Is Hope House the orphanage and ministry in Honduras? Bread of Life Orphanage and Feeding Centers in, in Romania. And there's a mission trip in June for that. See, Justin, if you want more information on that. Um, uh, Refuel Ministries, that, that's, my, that's my cousin. That, uh, the, the disaster relief, when there's a disaster, they go in, they can feed 1,000 people in, in, every, at every meal, uh, more than 1,000 people at every meal. A21, uh, that's, some of you have been to the, to the walk just to raise awareness for um, human trafficking because a lot of people think, hey, did, did, did you guys see the article just recently? of the hundreds of kids that, that were, that were uh, rescued out of that and the hundreds of people that were arrested. I mean, we, act like, we act like that's not really happening. It is happening. It is happening. Uh, the well house, which actually helps the female victims of human trafficking once they get out. And uh, this is in Birmingham. The well house is in Birmingham. Fight the new drug, fighting the porn addiction epidemic because it's real. And uh, if, if it hasn't touched you, hasn't touched your family, you need to say thank God and pray a prayer for everybody that it has. And um, the, Shapira, the Shapira Men's Center and Royal Pines Rehab, I, I, wanted to, I wanted that one to be the last one because I wanted to mention Justin goes in and, and uh, I'm sorry, Justin goes in, uh, he's sitting on the end right here. Justin goes in and, and, does, and does worship there at their chapel. And I found out that they've got some needs and so I, I want to help with those needs. And you know what, that's, that's something that's really, really cool about taking the talents that you've got. And, you know, everybody, everybody, wants to, everybody wants to maybe sing on a Sunday or everybody wants to preach or everybody wants, but not a lot of people want to go somewhere and share their gifts and their talents. So thank you, Justin, for being a, a good example to us and doing that. So what's your passion? What's your passion? I mean, you know what, because Justin's going there and that's his passion, we're, we're going to do something to help them do it a little bit better. What's your passion? Because of, because of Lexi's passion for A21, if you've heard of A21, it's because of Lexi. That's, I, I guarantee most of you, there are very few of you that heard of A21 but, uh, without Lexi's passion that has brought it to all of us. What's your passion? You need to answer that question.
And anytime you want to give to these or anything, you can, you can give right here through the church. If you, if you want to, like if you give, and a lot of you give online, just make the note of where you want to give. We'll make sure it goes there. And if you want confirmation of it, we'll do that because we, we have to be very, very sure that we, we, we do those things for you. Anything like that you want to give to, we will help you give to that because you need to be giving and serving where your passion is. But today's about the giving. You need to be giving where your passion is. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.